Con Call Room. A great anatomy podcast. I'm Abby. I'm Bree. And, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful day, day to podcast. It's also a beautiful day to wear a mask. It's also a beautiful day to have a Zoom hangout beforehand. Yeah, we had one and it was wonderful. Abby, how do you get into these Zoom hangouts? Oh, God, you want to talk to us face to face once a month? <laughs> Always at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, sometimes we do it on different times, but you can do that by going to patreon.com slash the on-call room, where you can pledge to become an intern, a resident, or an attending. That is $2, $5, or $10. Um, $2 gets you into our Facebook group, which is really fun. It also gets you our show notes. Uh, resident gets you bonus episodes once a month. It also gets you... Uh, our voice number so you can leave voicemails and you can call time of death and then 10 and there's more things too and ten dollar gets you monthly zoom hangouts you get the extended version of the episode with our post-op section uh and you also get to possibly have the chance to co-host you also get the episode a day early yeah there's a lot of great stuff there yeah so each level you add up you get all of the things below because that's how things work most of the time we send out mailing around christmas time yes and it's usually a beautiful photo of the two of us which is drinking yeah usually yeah pretty much always yes um and we also you're just supporting us which is really helpful we have we use it to buy better equipment we use it to pay our editor we use it for a lot of things we're honestly like it's, to host the podcast yeah to, just all of that we're really thankful for it and we would love if you'd support us you can also support us by following us on instagram at the on call room pod we do our best to respond to all of our direct messages but we like to post funny memes we like to interact with you see where you're listening to the show slide into our dms yeah please do um and also, you can go to our website at www.theoncallroompod.com. There's a contact form there where you can, if you want to reach out to us for something more specific, maybe you have a suggestion, maybe you have a really sweet idea of something you want talked about. Um, the best way to do that is to fill out that form or to email us at theoncallroom at gmail.com. And then... Finally, if you um, want to support us by leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, we are now on Spotify. Um, please, five scalpels. We appreciate it. And um, we that's how people are able to find the podcast. And we just really appreciate your positive feedback. Yeah, we love reading them. So, short summary. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you? I don't know. Um, but you were going to talk about a movie. Oh, yeah. I, we love recommending things. Um, and I was recommended this by, I don't remember, but it's on Hulu. It's called... Shout out to that person. Yep, to... <laughs> I don't know. It's called <laughs> Palm Springs. It's on Hulu. It is a movie. It is made by the, like, Lonely Island crew, mm-hmm. which I loved. Pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Yeah. And it's less, like... I mean, it's still funny, but it's not, like, full-on comedy in your face. Full funny? Yeah, it's got a cute little, like, romance thing, a little bit of, like, questioning life in general. It has—you remember Fifty First Dates? I loved it. So this is similar. So—and this isn't spoiling anything, but, like, in Fifty First Dates, she wakes up every morning and doesn't remember anything. In this movie, two people are stuck in a time loop where they wake up every day. Every time they fall asleep, get killed or anything, they wake up in the same day, but they remember everything. They're just in a a time loop. It's like Groundhog's Day. I've never seen Groundhog's Day. Similar premise, I feel like. Yeah, and it's, I love Andy Samberg, and it's just, it's very clever and funny, and Jake and I watched it. It was approved by both Jake and myself. Oh, good. Which we don't rarely like the same thing. Yeah, so both partners in... I Your wife hasn't approved it yes. yet, but I'll watch it. I'm I giggled, sure I would. I giggled. I also did have an edible beforehand, and there's some, like, questioning about, like, you know, time 
zones and warps and like like what eastern the, the, time zones. the meaning yeah 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 the meaning of life and i was i was into it but i don't think it was just because of that i just i was focused and it was really good great so, highly recommend it it's goofy and fun and i love andy sandberg so much i love him too i could see myself marrying him. same that's how i felt any character he plays i yeah. like although maybe not in pop star yeah i know i still have never that seen is that is like my favorite it's on my computer i know i, can't I love believe, it so much i can't believe i've never seen it it's very embarrassing when, like, Spotify puts out your summer rewind playlist, it's called, where, mm-hmm. like, songs you listen to in the summer, all the summers, it, like, puts them together. There is a large chunk of mine that is from the summer that Popstar came out. Mm-hmm. And so that whole soundtrack is, like, included, which it's songs like, um, uh, there's a song about the Mona Lisa. There's a song about Osama Bin Laden. There's... <laughs> There is um, the Mother Lover, Three Way, uh, the Jack Sparrow. All of those songs are in all the Lonely Island. I had like a weird summer. It's okay. Yeah. It's it's, it's weird when like your summer playlist is like a breakup and then you like you're in an, a relationship afterwards and you're like, oh, I was, I was going through something <laughs> deep and dark. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you listen to that playlist? Does it make you like a summer rewind? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like my summer rewind is always the same, but is it because I'm just constantly Probably. listening to my feelings playlist? Probably. Oh. <laughs> um, also, shout out, if you haven't listened to the Chicks' new album, oh, it's if so you don't good. know who the Chicks are, they were the Dixie Chicks. They dropped the Dixie. Now they're just the Chicks. It's been, what, 18 years? 14 years? Since 14, it, I think. 14 years since they've put out an album, oh. like as the three of them. And it is to die for. It is everything I wanted it to be where it has the nostalgia of their old music where I instantly like, oh, this is the chicks. Like, yeah. But it also feels a little fresh. Mm-hmm. And I would hate to be Natalie Maine's hus- ex-husband on the God day damn. that came out. But you know, like, so there was this one song and I don't remember the name of it. It doesn't really matter. But it was definitely one where she was saying like, I'm fucking mad at you. There's a lot of those songs. But it was... I was like, oh, man, this is kind of bitter. Like, I like it. We're, like, enraged and stuff. But I was just like, I really hope she finds healing. And then, like, the as the album progresses, I feel like there's more and more healing that happens. It's like, like it's like a her. story. Yeah, the for her and then set me free. Set me free. I was sitting on the beach with John, and I sobbed. I downloaded it. I knew it had come out that day, and we were going to the beach. So I downloaded it onto my phone, and I was like, I'm going to listen to it straight through how it's supposed yep, to be heard. That's what I did, too. Like, start to finish on the beach. And when I got to the last song, Set Me Free, I, like, (laughs) sobbed on the beach. And I was like, this is everything I wanted out of the chicks. Yeah. And the music video for Sleeping at Night, did you watch it? I still haven't seen it. Oh, after we record, we're going to watch it because it's like, I think of them, I mean, only two of them are technically sisters, but I think of them as sisters. Yeah. And there's, it's just a beautiful symbolism of when you fall down and people have to pick you back up. Mm -hmm. And, oh, we're going to watch it. Oh, I can't Maybe we'll take a break. Before we talk about Grace, yeah, to watch it. Um, but it's just like this to be lame, I guess. But it's fucking girl power, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and they are just incredible uh, musicians and have really got a beating from the public. And just to like get to a point where they're all kind of like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, and I'm gonna create the music I want to create and tell a story. It's just amazing. Yeah, and I also just feel it's really nice when music you've liked since you were little continues to be just as good and 
change with the times. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like like their song March March. Yeah. And like just everything like I'm like proud to support an artist that is like also evolving. Yeah. It's really fun. Well and I, you know, read an interview with them where they kind of felt like they never necessarily fit in the country, country in yeah. the country realm and world. And you know, they said that thing about Bush back in the uh-huh. day and like then their album came out with that whole thing, they've just like literally been shoved out. They were the first people to be canceled. Yes. Yeah, they really were. And for them to just like have the grit to like come back from it all and just be true to I the music they them. wanted to create. It's like. I just love them so much. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my 2020 anthem oh, album. Yeah. Summer Rewind is going to be this album. Oh, for sure. Next year, it's going to be like, hey, remember when you were like, yes. Yeah, like obsessed <laughs> with the... Ch- I still am. Thank yeah, you. there's also a summer when I watched Shameless, like hardcore, and I got really into like Lip Gallagher's storyline, which is very depressing. And the music that plays whenever he's having like a bad time in the show, I like cried a lot in those. So there's like some of my Summer Rewind songs. Yeah, they're like, oh, those are sad. Yeah. But, you know, it's a balance. Then there's, like, Backstreet Boys, so. And Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) So just a mix. Just a mix. There, um, I'll be interested to see if any of my, like, music I listen to while doing schoolwork shows up. Because I've been listening to, like, like, yeah, movie movie soundtracks, (laughs) but also a lot of Hans Zimmer. Mm. And I saw this really funny TikTok the other day that it was like, hey, babe, can you, like, do the dishes? And he puts his AirPods in, and it says, like, doing normal tasks while listening to Hans Zimmer. Who did Interstellar, by the way? Oh. <laughs> Bring it back. But it's like super epic music. So everything he's doing, he's like doing the dishes really epically and like like going to the bathroom really epically and like throwing the trash away. That's how I feel. Like when I was doing my schoolwork and doing like my case study thing, I was like, I am writing the best thesis ever. <laughs> Not even on your thesis. Yeah, no, yet. not even my thesis yet. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's. Well, I went for a hike in Arizona, listening to the Game of Thrones soundtrack. <laughs> I was alone. Yeah, and I also was not quite sure. Like, it was a clear mark trail, but I was also like, I could get murdered. Like, yeah. I have this so loud. I am Daenerys Targaryen. Just preseason, the final season, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, it was like, I'm fucking on a ship. I am crossing the seas. Were you fucking on a ship or fucking on a ship? I was fucking Kit Harrington on a ship. On a ship, yeah. While fucking on On a a ship. ship. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so um, that's exciting. Yeah. So music, it's powerful. It does stuff to us. Which is why we like Grace. Because in the early seasons, they had great tunes. Yeah, I feel like in this episode, one of these episodes that we'll get into in a little bit, I do have a note about like, you know, like, Jumanji drums that we talk about? Mm-hmm. But it was, like, there was, like, this weird violin before. Not weird, but, yeah, like, this yeah. really epic, like, orchestral, like, do-do-do-do-do. In the Cali episode? Or the- yeah, I think okay. so. And then there was Jumanji drums. And I was, like, that was crazy Grace music. Like, <laughs> yeah. they really took it up a notch from Jumanji drums and was, like, Don't you feel like, I mean, I love the, Chris. there's, like, Christina Owen music. There is the Meredith Derrick music. Yeah. I, those I really enjoy, but I also feel most connected when they use, like, current songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, like, Sarah Bareilles. And, and, and they don't do that as much. I wonder if it's just because it's expensive. Probably. And only, like, three million watch it live. Yeah. But I feel like back in the day, they had, like, really obscure bands. It was, like, how you found cool That's new That's true. Music. It is how I found Tegan Sarah. Yeah, you were like, oh, this is a cool, like, indie band. You're right, you're right. So I don't think it's that expensive. It's not always mainstream. No. Hmm. Maybe Things I just to think don't about. do a good enough job anymore of, like, paying attention to it. I just don't think in these 
I think they started to fade out like yeah. how much like I think it was really big in the Do you the think they the made season. the fray big? Yeah, it was Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> how to save a life. Is that even in an episode? It's in the musical episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. So obviously. It and is. it is okay. in a music or in a musical Where episode. Where did I go wrong? I had that CD. I can picture the cover. It has a little light bulb on it. I didn't have it. Oh, it, it was. It, is um, the fray doing anything now? I don't know. Does. Sometimes I check in to see if Rocket Summer is still doing anything and not as much. Or Keen. Oh my God, I love Keen. And Acceptance. Did you ever listen to Acceptance? No. Or Cartel? Yeah, Cartel. I still listen to, um, oh my God. Or, uh, uh. I'm singing one that starts with a C. Not Coldplay. (laughs) They're pretty, they're pretty big. I don't know if you've heard of Coldplay. (laughs) Is Coldplay up to anything? Have they been doing anything? Chris Martin was on SNL. It wasn't Coldplay. Yeah, it was good. It was just him. Yeah. Um. Also, they're like, I feel like they're always at the Super Bowl. (laughs) <laughs> it was just that one time, but I was like, okay. Um, Cold- Copeland. 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 That's what Cold I was thinking Copeland is of. one of my favorite bands. I'm not going to lie. Jake's and I too. feel a little lame being like, a really No, they're Copeland. good. The but sci- they actually, no, they just came out with an album. It's really, really good. It's super funky the and weird. The Scientist? Don't yeah. even get me started on the last part. What does it even say? It like I don't know, but on that album, there's a song called Amsterdam. And I remember laying on my bedroom floor. I was like probably 12 or 13. And it was about... This time of year, because it was really hot. My parents didn't have air at that time. And so I was really hot, and I was in these little shorts and tank top, and I was just having a dark day. And I was laying on the ground, listening to that on repeat, watching my ceiling fan go round (laughs) and round. So now anytime I hear that song, I think about being 13 and really sad. Isn't that weird? Yeah. How songs do that? Yeah. There's a Spice Girls song. I can't remember which one, but, oh, it's a... I was singing that into a mirror with a hair, like literally like, cause I wanted to be a singer. I just thought I wanted to be Britney Spears. And I remember my mom walked in on me and stood there for a very long time watching me as you would. Did you feel shame? Well, and then I turned around and was embarrassed because I was like, how long were you watching? (laughs) Which though, don't you think if you had like a 12 year old daughter and you crept in and you saw that they were, I would absolutely watch. I would be like, you are doing a great job. Yeah, I would. Clapping would only embarrass <laughs> Slow clap. Yeah. Nice job. Get out your lighter. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I used to dance in front. Oh, this is one of my most <laughs> embarrassing moments of my life. Y'all ready for it? Dave Matthews band. I was about oh, 10 so or 11. Good. And um, I was, which song is it? Passion uh, to me? No. Dance marching. I think it was Ants. I made John listen to that the other day it's when we were making tacos, and I was laughing so hard because we both kept going. Anyway, that's not the embarrassing story. The embarrassing story is I was like home alone, and I was sitting at the computer listening to it really loud. And then when the like the fiddle violin part comes in, the I was fake playing it on my arm and like really getting into it yeah. at the at the desk. And my dad got home from work and opened the door and just turned and it's right like in the living room yeah. and turned and looked at me. I remember I just like quickly turned down the music and like typed on the computer. <laughs> it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. That seems like it'd be something that should be on a pen 15 episode. Yeah. And you know my dad never said anything. He wasn't like, he was like what are you doing? He was just like <laughs> Walked upstairs, you know, <laughs> to change out of his suit. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, you're just sitting there. Did you 
Amen. He's bad. All right. <laughs> Did you play the strings at all? Uh, for in about a month oh, okay, in yeah. fourth grade, I it played the like violin. You're a string player. Yeah, I played the violin. I know how to do it. You, I knew what I was. You give doing. off that vibe to me. Like you could have been a really successful. Student. I knew what I was doing. Clearly, <laughs> I just didn't have the actual instrument in my hand. Right, you were totally doing it perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, the there's a song, Dave Matthews song. It's like number forty one. I think too. I loved that one. There was oh, they're just so. I might listen to Dave Matthews the rest. I'm gonna of listen summer. to it. Right now. <laughs> I'm going to put my earbuds in. Air I never buds? went to a concert, but I remember the people that did, like, were hardcore. <laughs> did you and- just hear them earbuds? <laughs> Airbud, the golden retriever. Put them right put in my here. earbuds on top of my head. <laughs> this is a big dog. That-, <laughs> that plays Dave Matthews. Man. That plays sports. <laughs> That's his theme He's song. an athlete. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways. I don't know where I was going. Oh, I know I know people that have Dave Matthews tattoos. Remember his weird little logo? It's like the dancer. You know what's funny? I was just listening to this podcast. Are you going to brought up Dave Matthews' band. Why is everyone talking about him right now? It's summer. He's like vibes of the yeah, summer. Yeah, but they were like, anytime I think about Dave Matthews' band, I think about that time that they were driving over the like the river in Chicago and just like let let their you don't remember this? Their the septic people? Yeah, their septic tank over a boat of people. <laughs> I feel like I thought something to do with R. Kelly. <laughs> also, R. Kelly peed on people. But okay, not I'm getting them confused. Very different. Very different. One was on a bridge. Yeah. And- I bet you if you looked at the timeline, though, when those news cracked, I bet it was the same time. Because for some reason, I associate those two stories. I mean, probably. Wow. Do you think the people were like, wow, I mean, I guess it's because it's Dave Matthews poop. It's better no, than- The podcast I was listening to, it was so funny. They were like... Can, do you think that those, like, saying those people are so scarred and they'd be like, <laughs> something bad would happen in their life and they'd be like, not as bad as that one time <laughs> Dave Matthews shit fell on us. I still think that that might not be as bad as that when Jake was at the Vatican in a p- crisp white, but we went to the Vatican this summer and he's in a crisp white, not this summer, last summer. I'm not traveling. <laughs> um, crisp white button-down shirt and we're getting, like, the rundown of the um Sistine Chapel ceiling and they like are talking to you about it outside because when you go inside you can't talk you're not supposed to so we're all outside gathered around my dad's sitting on this like he had like a cane that was also a chair that he was sitting on and Jake and I are standing in front of him and I heard this weird noise and all of a sudden Jake he like tugs on Jake's shirt he goes kid and this meanwhile my dad talks really loud because he can't hear well and the tour guide is like whispering and my dad just goes kid You just got shit on. And the biggest lime green, hugest bird shit I have ever seen was on Jake's back. I mean, he is in the whitest shirt, dressed so nice because he's like. Because he's going to the Vatican. (laughs) And he's like. Oh, poor buddy. And I went into, I'm not a mom, but I feel like I went into mom mode. Yeah. No one had a napkin or I didn't ask. So I ran to the deli area, reached my hand into the trash to find a napkin because it was closed. Grabbed out like a used dish napkin, came running back. And by the time I'd come back, someone had obviously had a Kleenex in their <laughs> pocket. And I was like, I got this out of the trash. <laughs> but either way, he went through the rest of the Vatican. He couldn't take it off because he didn't wear an undershirt. Oh, yeah. And he had a huge <laughs> green stain. But also, it would have been funny if he had like a a tank top underneath and went through the Vatican in a <laughs> tank top. No open shoulders. Yeah, so he w- wouldn't have really. Oh, unless he had like a t-shirt underneath. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I just... I don't know, Abby. I don't think that's as bad as getting human feces 
dropped on you as you're seeing on a tour of Chicago, being like, this is lovely, and a whole septic tank shits from Okay, above. okay, you're, you're right, you're right. I think that's worse. Second place, though, is before you even get into the tour of the Vatican, you, you get shit on. shit on. Yeah, that, I would say that. He was like, place. what if I meet the Pope? I was like, you, you won't. You're not gonna <laughs> meet. Not. And you know what the Pope's gonna say? God bless you. <laughs> Good for you for having shit on you. Exactly, so he's like, I told the bird to do that. Anyways, <sighs> well, let's take a break. I'm gonna, and then we'll talk about Grace. Talk to her. Talk to her. Okay, uh, one second. Okay, um, we are talking today. Uh, <laughs> turn it up. Yeah, just do it to the violin. Here we go. I hope they can hear it. Here we go. Anyway, <laughs> how did you find that so quickly? My Spotify was open. <laughs> and that was your last place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we are talking about season 10, episode 9 and 10. Um, they are called, Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word and Somebody That I Used to Know, which... Somebody, somebody that, that I used to know. I didn't know what part we were doing. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't talk about that. Gautier, I was... Obs- everyone was obsessed with that yeah, song. Yeah, but he only had one song. I know, but then someone named Kimbra, I think her name is, did a cover of it that I got really into. Oh. But, oh, that song really... Oh, it really tore. It was it a like, jam. Ripped, it was a ripped, bop. It ripped it your heart open. I think these are the things people say. Yeah. Um, I just think, so when this came out then, if that's when that song was, came out, had ever been out, that was like, I was living in Wisconsin. I had graduated college. Good times. Yeah. Oh, those were good times. Okay. um, We're talking about those two episodes. So also just so you guys know today, our post-op topic, which you won't hear unless you are a patron and you are listening to this on the Patreon A $10 patron. A $10 patron. Uh, We're going to talk about the thruple in this episode. Yes. Got to look up their names before we talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we're going to talk all about them. So if you do want to hear our thoughts on thruples, on affairs, on, not on affairs, on. On finding partners for staying married and being in a different relationship. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about that. So, um, okay, short summaries of the episodes. Callie is put through the ringer when she undergoes a malpractice lawsuit, but her devoted father's support prompts her to try salvaging her marriage. And then Ben worries that a casual conversation with Derek could potentially cause issues for Bailey. Christina turns to Shane as tension grows with Meredith, and April's upcoming wedding makes for an uncomfortable situation between Jackson and Stephanie. Meanwhile, Meredith plans a Thanksgiving dinner at her house. The first monologue is done by Callie Torres. Doctors never mean to screw up. You make a bad call and the unthinkable happens. It's not like we do it on purpose. It's not like we want to hurt anyone, but sometimes we do. Sometimes we make mistakes and when we blow it, we're sorry. Not that being sorry really matters anymore. No apology in the world matters now. We've all done things we aren't proud of. I understand that. I know nobody's perfect, but how do you live with it? How do you get up every morning and face the world knowing you could have done better? that you should have done better. Is being sorry enough? Can an apology actually heal our wounds, ease our pain? Can it undo the hurt that we've caused? Kali Torres. And then Kali. And then, what? (laughs) (laughs) Did you say flower? Kali flower. Oh. (laughs) 
Oh, no. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then the second one is, the body is an infinitely complex mass of in, inter, interacting systems. People like to think doctors see it all clearly, but it's not always obvious what what's a hiccup in the system and what's full-on medical disaster. We figure that out in our first year of residency. We spend the rest of our careers lying about it. It's just a cold. Muscle through it. It'll pass. Nothing's really wrong. We're doctors. We know if something was wrong. We're all, we're all be fine. We'll all be fine. Nothing is wrong. Meredith Sorry, there were some typos in there. Yeah. That wasn't my bad. That was. It wasn't your bad. Um, Why don't you do shotgun workup? Because I wrote rounds and they're kind of confusing. Okay. So we have Travis Reed. He has bicuspid aortic valve. Arthritis, severe infection, heart murmur, aortic valve vegetation. Sounds awful. Yeah. Um, Arizona Robbins has uh, miscarriage, Richard Weber, broken rib and contusions, Donna Kaufman, pancreatic tumor, Nathan Glazier, hypoplastic left heart syndrome and edema, and then Ella Holmes, uh, supracondylar femur fracture and abdominal bleeding. Perfect. Um, All right. For rounds today, we have... The, we're going to talk about the first episode kind of in two parts. One is the Travis Reed operation, what went wrong, how the court decided, and how this sort of shows as a metaphor for Cali in Arizona. And then second of all, the time traveling with Cali in Arizona storyline about the baby, her dad, um, and also into the second episode, her finding out about Leah Murphy. Then we have Ben talking to Derek and Owen about Bailey and Bailey needing help. We have Christina and Meredith are still fighting about the printer, still not talking. It kind of blows up again. Um, We have Weber, who is not quite ready to go home yet from the hospital. April's wedding and what kind of drama ensues with Stephanie and Jackson from there. And then just wanted to touch on Thanksgiving in general and Emma um, being a part of that. Which is the next episode going to be Thanksgiving? Do we just see it? I don't think so. I think they just talked about it. I bet next one's about Christmas. Ooh, I bet you're right. We're getting so, close to the mid-season finale yeah, then. Yeah, Which is good. So what is your first note? My first note is Boki is not happy about Callie's choice. Like, it's in the operation. It's like oh. showing what she's doing. And she's like, Boki, give me the whatever. And Boki looks hesitant. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mine is, oh, Callie is doing the monologue and she is not very nice to this worker. I went, oh, well, like she was trying to buy the- those pantyhose. Oh, yeah. And she was like, don't you just have sheer pantyhose? And then she ends up apologizing. But you could tell. And then my buying- next note is Kelly is losing it. Yeah, and she buys all of the pantyhose. Yes. So we're going to talk about Travis Reed first. Yeah. And just that, like, the operation standpoint. So we, right away. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, we know this is a month ago. Yes, there was a timeline. Yep. Yeah. Um, she gets this patient who was referred to her from Christina. Christina did previous work on Travis Reed, who was like an Olympian snowboarder. And she did work on his heart, his aortic valve or yeah. something. Um, and they're pretty close. And she refers Callie because she's the best orthopedic surgeon that she knows. And Travis Reed wants to get this specific hip surgery done that he discovered, like he found out the research for it. Um, Callie's never done it before. It's new. It's um, called the Peterson hip. Yes. I believe so. Yep. And it's been done, I forget what country it was. Maybe Germany? So, yeah, somewhere like that. It's been done before. Um, Callie's like a little bit um, hesitant at first. Mm-hmm. She, and then he gives her this like speech, which I wrote down the quote from it. Like he says basically like, I was the first person to do this trick at the Olympics. Now it is standard. Like 
he says, the reason we are who we are is because we aren't afraid of, or we aren't scared of firsts, mm-hmm. which so kind of like, I feel like Callie always rises to a challenge. Yeah. Even like Derek with the hand, Derek is the one that like, was like, no, do it. You can fix it. And mm-hmm. then she like tried. Um, so she doesn't want to settle. She wants to try and fix it. And build him a new hip. Yes. So it's pretty like early on in the episode though, that we find out that this did not go well. Even in the opener, it's, like, flashing back. Yeah. And, like, at first it's kind of confusing about, like, what all is happening in the episode. There's a lot of time jumps. Yeah, definitely. But it's, like, clear that she's going to be building this new hip for this Olympian. And then he, and then she's getting sued Mm -hmm. for malpractice. Mm -hmm. And while they're in the courtroom, we find out that Travis doesn't have any legs. Yeah, it's when he gets wheeled in that we see it. Um, We also learn throughout the process that during part of the operation when they had to close him up, he she left a sponge in mm-hmm. in the body cavity, which she did not on purpose, but she didn't remove it because it had to like do this quickly. Um, and also right away in the beginning, there is a conversation, I forget who she's having it with, when she says, like, she's like, we will, I do not want to be the person that turned this Olympic athlete into a doorstop. Yes. This is like when is he has his legs. This is yeah. like a statement that she makes. She thinks she's making it in private. To uh, Joe. To Joe. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, which I was like, ooh. Yeah, not great. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I get in privacy, but you also were in the hallway. Right outside of his room. Yep. Um, we learn right away, too, that, like, when they're in surgery, there's an infection spreading. Um, and they're wearing, like, full hazmat suits, mm-hmm. which I wondered, was that because of the infection? I don't know. Or because they Or is that drill? something with, like, bones? Because I feel like sometimes ortho has those suits on. I feel like it's because they're drilling sometimes yeah. and there's, like, shrapnel. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, and then I had the biggest TBGBs when they're in the surgery and she's like, we have to remove the whole hip. Yeah. What the fuck? The, the opposite of giving him a new Can one you imagine is, not having a hip? No, not at all. Um, so then there's also, like, a discussion between Christina and her because Christina is like the source of this problem is in his heart. You should let me fix his heart so that it fixes everything else. And Callie's like, if we do that, he will lose his leg. Like basically like it's too late. Like I need to save his legs. Um, They have like a differing of opinion and, but not like, I don't think they're mad at each other. They're just like different professional opinions. Yeah. They're just different. um, Like, uh, Specialties. Yes. That's the word I'm looking yep. for, yeah. And they bring this up in court, too, when Christina gets called to the stand. Where I thought, like, Christina's, like, um, testimony was really, like, good in the sense. She's like, yeah, I didn't agree with it, but, like, we have different p- opinions all the time. Like, that's the job. That's exactly. Um, that scene when he had black legs. I said that his legs look like Davy Jones's legs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was horrifying. It was so scary when he was like, when the first leg was happening to the first leg and he was like kind of passed out and they brought him back into the surgery. But then when they came back in after that surgery to check on him, and he, lifted it was, it he was like freaking out and he was like, what aren't you, like what is happening Can you imagine looking down and seeing that? And seeing Davy Jones' legs? No, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, and throughout all of this too, all of these doctors are taking turns, like, supporting Callie in the courtroom, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Like, at first, Owen meets her in the elevator and, like, kind of shields her through the press. Yeah, he's, like, the, um, uh, he's, like, the, her bodyguard. Yeah, and he's, like, said, like, he had to fight off Bailey to be, like, the first one to come in and support. And I just, like, love that, like, each, you saw each doctor, like, come yeah. to the trial. You also, know? um, 
we'll talk about Arizona shortly too, but she is also very, in, she's there for Callie. Mm-hmm. Like everyone kind of comes in and out, but Cal, or Arizona has been there. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about the ways she helped <clears throat> when we talk about them. Um, There's one part, one of my favorite parts of this episode is Richard shows up. Yes. And um, <laughs> in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. And she's like, I can't believe you're here, whatever. And he's like, it's a miracle I made it here at all. Kepner is a terrible driver and turns around and like. Which, of course, he would complain about someone who gave him a ride there. Yeah, it was like the best comedic relief in that episode. He has been the comedic relief in this whole season. He, yeah. When he also talks about Thanksgiving. Yes. Like, there's just, he's just like. It's weird that then he got back to being, like, a really good surgeon. <laughs> yeah. But so, he just seemed like a crotchety old man in that moment, like, in a wheelchair. Like, Kepner's a terrible driver. I loved that. Yeah. Um. So then there's the scene when Travis is yelling at, um, and this scene is brought up in court, too, but is yelling at his girlfriend or his wife. I don't know if they're married. I think or not. they're, it's his girlfriend. Okay. Um. And Callie says to him, this never should have happened to you. And if there was any way I could magically change things, I would. I wish there was something I could do. I wish I could fix this. I tried. I tried so hard. I'm so sorry, Travis. Which, like, it's really sad when she goes in there to check on him, too, and she's, like, crying. Yeah. I can't imagine knowing that, like... You just um, had to amputate both legs of an Olympic snowboarder. It's also, like, she's already felt this when she had to amputate her wife's leg. Or she didn't do it, but she made the call. She made the call. I feel like it's just so similar. Um, Well, and I think, too, well, what's interesting is, like, he uses that speech against her in his testimony, saying, like, because... And, and you hear what she actually says after the testimony, but he was like, you said it was your fault. Like, you took the blame or whatever. And then we see her come in and see him yelling at his girlfriend. Yes. And she said, you don't you don't talk to her that way. If you need to blame someone, blame, blame me. me. Yeah. Like, I can take it if you— And so she almost admits guilt to him, but also so he won't treat his girlfriend like shit. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I thought that was, like, cool how at first she's like, oh, shit, she admitted guilt. And then you learn how, in context, what it actually was. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was really important when she says— um, when she brings up, when Callie is on the stand, she brings up Arizona and how it changes you. And she says, she wouldn't wish this on anyone. And she says, in a feeling for, and she looks right at him when she says that. She's like, I would not wish this on anyone. And then she says, if feeling sorry for my patients is going to get me sued, then I will just keep getting sued. I can't change who I am. Which I thought was also like a great line. Cause it's true. Like, I feel like she is a doctor that's going to um, get a little bit emotionally involved and Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be a reason to whatever. But then that letter comes in the mail. Yeah. Well, it had already come in the mail, but it fell behind the... Right. Which, uh, what did you... So, first of all, I... The thought of, like, that took... I had, like, a weird belly drop moment, like, thinking about you've done the surgery... His legs are gone. Then you realize you did get a letter that you didn't see that says they didn't do the surgery anymore... Because it was causing the same problem, this infection. I love that Mare is with her. And Meredith is just like, you did not know. Like, you didn't know. Like, this is not malpractice. Also, I feel like Meredith is always looking for the loopholes in legal things. And sometimes bad, sometimes not. But, like, she believes in, like, doing good and, like her license getting taken away is a, is going to just only prevent her from helping other people in the future. Um, but it was like, it was weird. Well, 
What's weird is like my response to it was like, oh, good. She needs to tell someone because it's not her fault. Like this bacteria is on this Peterson thing. And I was like, oh, my God, like she... <clears throat> How could she have known that? Like, this infection. Oh. But then I realized, like, oh, she should have, like, the postmark date was she should have known that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's not good. And when Callie's like, I should have followed up, like, they when they didn't get back to me. Yeah. I just can't imagine reading that and being like, oh, fuck, this was preventable. Yeah. Ah, it's so horrible. And so she doesn't end up saying anything. No, she doesn't. Because right away then they call and they have a verdict. And which I find is interesting. Do you feel like they made the right call with all the information that was provided that we saw on, like, for some reason, I was like, wait, not guilty? Like, it just didn't feel, and I knew it was going to be not guilty, but just didn't feel. Part of me feels like when you take a risk and you consent to a surgery that is new and, like, not been done before, you are signing up for that risk. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, though, like, if Callie didn't feel comfortable, she shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. But I do, I feel like, like, m- medically speaking, all the doctors were like, she did what she could. Like, there wasn't, even yeah, Joe there wasn't, was like, like, there wasn't anything she could do. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't think there was medical negligence other than just not knowing. And I think he consented to doing a surgery that, like, could, I'm sure there were these, like, warnings, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It was horrible. Yeah. I do feel, though, that, like, it sucked. His career is over. Like, I do feel like there's a part of it that, like, he should have been supplemented for, like, he what he lost. He well, talks about that he, like, lost his everything. He's like, I lost my life. Like, yeah. I have been snowboarding since I was a child. Like, right, right. That part was sad. You know? And so, yeah, I think it's it's terrible. And, you know, when she gets the, the not oh, yeah. guilty verdict, everyone behind her is, like, cheering and happy and hugging. And you can tell that, like— it doesn't make it any better. Right. She still, it's like when Burr shot Hamilton. Yeah. He, wait, what does he say? I'm the one who paid for it. Like, yeah. He's the one who died, but I'm the, the one, one that paid for it. Paid for it. it. Yeah. I don't know. I, or I survived and I paid for yeah. it. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, um, I just feel like no one is going to be happy no matter what would have happened. Yeah. Um, and then let me just see if I have any. Oh, what's interesting, I, I made a, a note about this, and we already read this in the monologue, but while this is all going on at the very end of the monologue, this really stuck with me. She said, can an apology actually heal our wounds? Mm-hmm. And this was more about, like, Arizona, I think, at the end. But, it, it, too, I feel like with this storyline, like, can saying sorry for this actually heal what no. happened? Yeah. You know? And I just think that's a very interesting point. Yeah, and I don't think— I think apologies are, like, a first step, but I think then you have to choose to heal. Yeah. Like, someone apologizing is, like, um, a good step in, like, repairing the relationship, but you have to choose to accept the apology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, okay, so in tandem, we're going to rewind to the beginning of the episode again. Mm-hmm. And I believe that timeline with Arizona is four months prior Okay. Um, when at the baby shower with with Mayor with Meredith, yep. Um, which I it was, it was cute to see like Christina and Meredith being friends. I know, and like her helping Mayor and yep. yeah. Um, and so we're, we travel back four months in time, and we find out at the baby shower that Arizona said to Callie that she wanted to have a baby with her, mm-hmm. and by that she meant like her like she wanted to carry a baby. Yep. And I love how quickly Callie is like yes, like like it's just really cute because. I think Callie would have been fine or is fine with just Sophia, but she would have loved like a bigger family. Yeah. Um, 
So, well, because she, Kelly's character has, like, said that, with, she said that with George and stuff. Like, she wanted a big family. Right, right. So. Um, and so, so it, that's, like, the fur, we get that jump. I'm going to go in timeline, not in the way the show went, because the show went, like, all over the place. Mm-hmm. But there's a really cute scene where they are picking out a sperm donor, mm-hmm. and they're sitting on the floor together. This is, like, pre the cheating on. This is, like, everything. And they're... They, like, look at that one picture of someone. They're like, oh, no. Oh, God, yeah. no. Like, I just think it was such a great scene to see them happy again. Um, one of my favorite lines in that was, um, you know, Arizona's like, do you think I'll like, like being pregnant? And Kelly's like, you'll love it, except for the body aches, the this, the that. And then, like, and the no alcohol. And, oh. and Arizona says, oh, I will miss you most of all as she drinks her glass of wine. And I was like, that is how I feel I will- about being pregnant. Like, oh. I'll, how I will miss you most of all. <laughs> It makes me think of, like, the whole 30 you did, but for a lot longer than the th- yeah, whole 30. Yeah, like nine months. <laughs> and then, you know, pump and dump or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we find there's that scene when Callie comes home and um, Sophia's, like, playing in the living room and Arizona's like, Callie, and she thinks something's wrong. She runs in and Callie's holding a pregnancy stick and she's pregnant, which, like, I just I forgot this part. I did too. So I was like, "Oh, this is they a moment, were, yeah. yeah, that we didn't see." And it's so cute how happy they are. I, it's funny. I go, "Oh my god, this is so happy. This is so sad." <laughs> it is, yeah. Like in the moment, in that timeline, it's very happy. But, and well, like Callie thinks something's the matter. The way she screams out for her. And yeah. She's, yep. Um, she's very early on. Yes, very early on. Um, and then there is. It's the day that Callie is doing the surgery on Travis Reed that um, Arizona comes in while she's scrubbing in and Callie had missed her ultrasound appointment, which she's like, oh, it's fine. There'll be many more. Like, this is just the first one. And Arizona says that they lost the baby or there was no heartbeat. Yeah. Um, And that is like, she talks about that in her thing too. Like, she's like, there were some pretty big things that happened that day. I wasn't distracted. Like, I am trained to know the compartmentalize right which i do believe they are she's like but it was a some big things happened well and i think what she was saying too is like i yeah i did compartmentalize because she forgot about the ultrasound Mm -hmm. she did the surgery and completely forgot about arizona's appointment so i think that was kind of the point she was making looking at arizona like yeah i i completely forgot yeah like i was completely focused on this surgery yep and so it's really sad that moment and then after the surgery there it shows them like fighting again in which it's like so similar to the scene when after Arizona says that she cheated on her where they're fighting in the like staff lounge and Arizona just straight up says like she can't handle another loss it was too hard for her she doesn't want to do it like she doesn't want to try for she another doesn't baby try. cuz Kelly's like oh it's fine we can we can wait we can try but we'll wait a little bit yeah and Arizona doesn't want to um so then, a little bit rewinding to, like, during the courtroom um, time, Callie is, her stockings ripped or her pantyhose ripped. Mm-hmm. Well, before that oh, even yeah. happened, um, Arizona comes oh, yes, over right. to pick up Sophia, and Callie's, like, freaking the fuck out. And um, Arizona notices that she has her wedding ring on and, like, kind of looks and then tries to act like she didn't look, and then Callie... Then Arizona brings it up, like, you put your ring back on. And she was like, they told me right, to do look. this. So, um, yeah, that's, like, their first interaction. And she's just kind of like, I'll take, if you don't want Sophia tonight, like, I can take her. If or you if you do, do want her. Like, yeah. whatever, I'm here for you. 
So that was like their first interaction. Yep. And I remember being like, oh, she's being really supportive. Mm -hmm. And then in the bathroom, Callie's having a breakdown. She's trying to change into her pantyhose. And she just had to hear this like testimony against her. And then Arizona gives her this drawing uh, that Sophia made of a jellyfish and a rainbow mermaid. Which is so sweet. Yeah. And she's like, when you feel like screaming, like just look down at this and like take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Um, And then her pantyhose. Pantyhose have rhinestone butterflies on Yes, and I love that they just start laughing about that. Um, And then her dad comes back. He goes, Miha, which is like, Miha, my daughter. Yeah. Um, And Callie ends up telling, he's such a sweet soul. Like, he He can be such a dick. But he's always, to me, Joe from Princess Bride. Yes. Or Princess Bride, Princess Diaries. And I love that he says... um, uh, Callie ad- like admits why Sophia's not there and what's going on. And I love when he goes, now I won't hit a lady, but I can make it happen. I know people. Just, yeah, will you pour? If I, I hold this. <laughs> um, I, he says, I know people. Just say the word, all right? And then he says, to, that's good. He says to her, Miha, look at me. Nothing about you is pathetic. And he like grabs her face. I like got GGBs. Oh. I just, dad saying that is really cute. Well, and he's been so supportive of her. But then they, he's like, but where's my grandbaby? Like, I want to see yeah. my grandbaby. This is right after that scene, right? Before. before. Oh, it was before this. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. No, yep, sorry. Yep. no, you're good. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, the, what, the note I was going to say is I felt really bad. And we find out because Callie, like, kind of asked her dad, like, not to get upset or whatever. Because her mom hasn't spoken to her since the wedding. Yes. Yes. Which is really That's sad. That's horribly sad. Yeah. And we also, Kelly eventually admits to him that it's her that kicked Arizona out, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Because mm-hmm. he's like, people make mistakes, and you know, like whatever. And we learn, or he's like, she abandoned your family. And, yeah. and we learn that it's Kelly that kicked, we not, we knew that, but he learns that. I also love too when she like shows up at one point to pick up Sophia. <laughs> like how like tough dad he looks in the background. Yes. And then... <laughs> Um, I, I wrote that Kelly's dad is, looks like he's going to punch Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, like he can't hold it in. Yeah, but he doesn't. And then it's really sweet. Um, this is still before the, like, court had made the decision, but it's another scene with Kelly and her dad eating dinner. And, um, or no, it's after, actually. Sorry, it's after. We learned the verdict. And we learned that Kelly's dad cheated on Kelly's mom. And, she before he had cat before they had Kelly. Yes, and she says we were young. I was stupid. If we hadn't stayed together, you wouldn't be here, or like something. And he's like, our life began after that mistake. Yeah, which I thought was really like interesting and like great, and not always the case for everyone. But I thought it was like great that he like opened up. Also, that they're not perfect, which I feel like they put on this image that they are. Yeah. Well, and I think also too, like he also said that like. Who knows if it's, like, you guys are going to be able to get through this and forgive each other or whatever. But, like, you should at least try. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that he was, like, also being kind of realistic about it. Like, it might not work out. Right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, he's, like, the—I feel like he's the thing that, like, shoves her into making that choice. Um, and then she goes to the hotel where Cali—or Arizona's staying— I was so glad she, like, left. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, this feels like a Mark Derek Addison situation. But she goes to the hotel, and she invites her back home. I wrote, you just know Murphy's in that Oh, my God, yeah. 
Especially the way Arizona, like, answers. Can we do this now? Yeah. Well, like, the way she, like, answers the door to, like, coming, you know, and, like, they were calling for more pillows. And at first I thought maybe Leah was going to show up in the hallway, like, Leah was coming. Yeah, good. You know, but then, yeah, and so. It actually, so, yeah, so then Arizona doesn't really say anything in response. Kelly's like, you can let me know whenever, like, that's what I just want to say. Kelly walks away. I didn't even say what. She wants Arizona to to move back back home. Yep. And... She walks away, and then Arizona shuts the door. And I was so sad. Not only is Murphy there, but she's, like, up against a wall. Hiding. Hiding on- without clothes on. Like, in that moment, I felt for, like, everyone. But I was also like, fuck, to be Murphy. Sucks. Yeah. like it sucks. To, yeah. Like, I just can't. It You're is, the other woman. Exactly. And, like, her, she is someone whose feelings are, not, are like, real. Like, she doesn't just do things because she doesn't have feelings. And it just made me really sad. I know. And then Arizona very quickly is like, you need to put your clothes on and you should leave. Yeah, which is like, it's like you're rooting for Callie in Arizona, but you're also like, fuck, dude. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so we're just going to spill into the next episode with Callie in Arizona stuff, I feel like, just to stay yeah. on track with it. Um, so Arizona moves back in, but she's sleeping on the couch. Yeah, which I was shocked to see her leg on the table. Like, Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's like, in, it's blurry, which I was like, yay. They, like, stopped doing that at some point in the yeah. show, but I was really thankful yeah. When there's, like, details like that, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, she's sleeping on the couch. Um, and right away, Arizona, I don't remember when this happens, but she admits to Callie, or she, like, confesses that when they were apart, she was with someone. Well, she doesn't. She admits that to her after Murphy, Callie, and Arizona have, have to start working together. Okay. okay. Yeah. So they, like, find out they're working That's on this true. case together. And Murphy's, like, nervous, right? Yeah, and- Murphy's su- super nervous. And so before they do the surgery together they where like Callie finds out it was but like they already know they're going to be working together that right. day and so I think Arizona like kind of wanted to get ahead of it and just be like I need Callie to know that I was sleeping with someone and she says that she was doing that and she says it's over completely does this one Callie ask how many times? Yeah. Yeah, she'd like once, and no more than once, more than twice, more than twice. She's like more than 10, then she's like, never mind. I don't want to know. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, And then there's a scene too, like immediately after that, where Murphy is in the hallway and Joe, I think it is, or Stephanie, it's Stephanie, sees her and Murphy says, I can't keep falling apart at work every time I get dumped. Yeah. And Joe's kind of, or Stephanie's like, oh, you really liked her and- it's just sad you see her. And then they're like, we're going to be badass surgeons. Like, let's go. But it's, like, important to see that she's hurting. Yeah. Um, And so then in the surgery, like, Callie is trying to teach Leah and, like, have her hold the drill. And she ends up, like, drilling through the whole leg and kind of fucking up and panicking. And Callie, like, I think was pushing her as a student, like— no, like do the drill in reverse, yes. whatever. But Leah's so nervous because it's Callie. Right. She turns to Arizona and said, Can you make her stop? Like, can you pretty much stand up for me? Help me here. And then, you know, Arizona is like, Kelly, I think maybe like Murphy's a little yeah. nervous or whatever. Let's pause. And that's what Cal when Callie realizes it was Murphy. Which is a little bit of a stretch to me that that's like she How would she, know. But the way, I think the exaggerated way, like, Leah looks to her. Yeah. Is, like, like, a protective sort of. Yeah, like, please help me. We have a, a like, thing. a relationship yeah. beyond just, like, doctor-student. Yep. Or and teacher-student. So, oh, how uncomfortable. And then, I guess I was confused to, 
the scene, there's the woman that that um, Murphy's working with. There's like a patient that she's like, there's a kid in the hospital and the woman's like, they don't want me here. I should leave. I, do you know what I'm oh, 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 oh. I like yeah. must have blinked and missed what that was. Oh, but- so there was like, it was like a nanny or something and the kid like got an injury, like a leg injury or something. And then the parents flew in and she was like, they don't want me here. They're not going to want me here because like their kid got hurt on my watch pretty much. And it's like reflecting how Murphy feels. I think yeah. like she's not part of it. Yeah. Like they don't want me here anymore. anymore. I'm not wanted. Yeah. Okay. Because she offers to wait with the woman. Yeah. Um, and then Arizona, um, I like how well, Kelly's like, I'm not like, this isn't like an end all, but like you need to sleep on the couch for one more night while I, like, process this. Well, yeah, because Arizona ends up asking, like, if we're going to do this, I've been sleeping on the couch for a week. Like, I get to sleep in the bed. Yes. And so Callie's like, I need one night to process this, and then you can sleep in the bed. And Arizona's like, okay. And that's where it ends with them. Yeah. So they're, like, they're working towards something, you know? Yep. So we'll see. Also, I want to say something, because I got a text message from a— a couple episodes ago, my sister texted me and she had said that we kept talking about how Leah ends up um, like saying that Arizona refuses to teach her and puts in that complaint. And my sister texted me and she said, it's not Arizona, it's Callie. And I imagine there were a ton of podcast ghosts out there being like, you idiots, it's Callie. But I literally didn't remember. And then she explained, and that makes more sense now with that interaction that happened today. That like Callie isn't going to want to teach Leah. Yep, totally. God, we still have a lot to talk about. Okay, we can zoom through some of these, though. Okay, so let's go just to the next one about Ben talking to Derek and Owen about Bailey. So my first note of the second episode was, oh, okay, we're back to Bailey's storyline. Yep, that's what I said, too. Flashback to her hands doing things like tapping. She puts things in her purse, out her purse. And Ben is watching this all go down. Yeah. um, And so... Ben, like, kind of tries to talk to Bailey about it, and she's, like, not really having it. Yeah, they're kind of talking about going to therapy. Yeah. And I, I it made me laugh because it felt like a really realistic conversation where Bailey's like, if you, he's like, it's nice. You get to talk to someone. You get to whatever. And she's like, if you need that, go for it. Yeah, like, but I'm not doing that. Right, you know? which I do feel like is a normal response to mm-hmm. anyone telling you that you should go to therapy. Yeah. Um, And so she's pretty, like, avoidant of it. Um. And then in, like, a nonchalant conversation, Ben talks to Derek and brings up Bailey. Which is interesting how Derek responds, and I think it's really fair. Like, you're telling a member of the board, like— That someone shouldn't be working. Well, and that pretty much she's doing unnecessary procedures because she's having, like, some psychological things going on. Yeah, Like, I am required to— to tell the chief and, like, bring this to the board. It was, and, like, the first responsible thing that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and, like, Ben is like, oh, shit. Like, I was just spewing to you because you were spewing to me, you know, and, like, kind of thinking, I I think, like, bro to bro, you know? Yeah. And also, I think he understands that, like, Bailey and Derek really respect each other. So maybe right. Derek could, like— Help talk ha- to her or Talk something. to Bailey. But Derek goes very much like, I'm on the board, and this is not— Okay. Okay. So he brings Owen into it. Yeah. And before Owen can talk to her, I love—Ben goes up—I don't love. But Ben goes up to Bailey and says, bench yourself or the chief will. Yeah. Well, because Owen and Derek pull in Ben, and they're like, we got to take Bailey off the floor. And so he asks permission to ask Bailey first, or tell Bailey first, and Owen gives her— Which I appreciate—I like yeah. that, too, that Owen was On like, On your yeah. own terms. Like, yep. you go talk to Bailey, and you tell her that she can— So, 
Bailey's pretty much like, fuck, fuck this. Yeah, fuck yeah. you. And so she goes to perform her surgery and Meredith comes in all scrubbed in, ready to go. And Owen was like, Bailey, we need to talk. Like, I need you to come off the floor. And she's like, after my procedure. And he's like, no, I think like you it's need to do to this go. now. And then like Meredith or Dr. Gray is going to take over for you. And she's like, fuck you again, pretty much. And so then he says, Meredith, like, Dr. Gray, will you please move, oh. like, the bovie, like, Dr. Bailey's bovie, like, an inch to the right or whatever. And so she does. And, like, you can tell, like, Bailey looks at it and she it's just killing her. And so she puts it back and then they do the same with suction or whatever. And so she has to leave the floor. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, friends popped over the other day with their kids and their kids had never been to my house. And they're lovely, and I love them so much. But we don't have kids at our house, so our kid is, house is, like, not kid-proof. Yeah. Within five minutes. It, yeah. My books were all over the floor. Cushions were off. There was jumping on couches. To think, I was just like, how does this happen so fast? Yeah, I felt like quick. I was, like, walking around trying to be calm, but also putting things back. back yeah. And it was after I'd watched this episode, I was like, I am I, Bailey. Yes. Well, <laughs> the part that just kills me at the end— um, is Bailey and Ben come home and they're oh, like kind of yeah. getting into it with each other and Bailey's kind of freaking out with him and she throws the chair down and she goes to walk away and then she comes back and she has to put the chair back the way it was and that right there I think was like the, and you can tell she's so mad at herself right. that she has to put the chair back up. Right, because it was such a satisfying she made like a wail and like threw it down yeah. and then yeah she has she like leaves the room yeah. And comes back. Oh, yeah. God. So things are going to come to a head soon. With yeah, that. with that. Um, also, though, like, prop. I know Ben didn't mean to tell someone, but I'm glad he did. Yes, totally. Um, okay, let's talk about Christina and Meredith. Yeah, so they're still in a fight, which is... Ugh. I feel like the biggest takeaway from this episode, like, what happens with their fight is what happens with Shane and Christina. Yeah, okay. They're just being petty to each other. The... the, the um, the thing that Shane and Christina were working on, it didn't work. They needed to do it again. Mare was supposed to get the printer at 10 a.m., but now it's going to be, like, the next day. And Mare, in a few days, loses her funding. If she doesn't get a certain part of it done by that point. Yes. Start printing her whatever. Also, Meredith has a raspy voice. She did. Episode. I noticed. I wonder if she was sick. Yeah, it's, like, really. It's really. Because Ma- Meredith sometimes does have a raspy yeah. voice, but this time around it was really raspy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like Shane offering to get her yayas out. Okay, wait, but before that, the Alex Christina scene. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. Um, She goes, Emma's here with muffins. I'm glad he's getting laid. I should be getting laid. My work suffers when I don't get laid. And then she's, like, talking to Alex. We're like, don't you guys talk about who's got the best rack in the shack? And then Alex says, get your yagas out and leave me alone. <laughs> she says, like, was something mechanical? Or yeah. Like, <laughs> right. And then Alex is, or like. Or battery operated or something. And then, yeah. And she goes, no, a human. And she's like, oh, a human sex toy. And then, meanwhile, at that moment, when he said, get your yagas out and leave me alone, Shane <laughs> comes in. Yeah. And here's the end. And I just love, too, that Christina's like, how long have you been here? He's like, enough to hear about the yayas. Yeah. Like, okay, moving forward. Well, and I love, like, I don't like that he offers to get those out. They're waiting at the elevator, and she said, are you offering to service me? <laughs> yeah. He also says, at some point, Christina says having sex with Shane would be like having sex with a baby seal. Yes. <laughs> but, but she calls him Sharky. So yeah. sharks and seals 
our baby seals are very different. Yeah. Um, also, there's that moment where Christina takes Meredith to the baby that is sick, and it only offends Meredith more. Yeah. Which I don't think Christina was doing it in the way of like, you're a Your mom, mom now. Yeah. But Meredith interprets it as, as like, oh, just because I'm like, lac- I'm going to start lactating. And yeah, because like, this is a cute baby. Yeah, which like, that was a little rough. How did we feel about... So they end up just deciding to, like... Do it anyway. Do it anyway. And Christina comes in and it's like... Or, sorry, Meredith comes in and it's like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, why, where do you get off doing this? And is, like, really digging into Christina. Who's, like, looking away. Yeah, and Shane fucking hits back. And I saw some notes of yours, and I feel like you were, like, all for it. But I was, like, bothered by Shane well, doing that. I liked the comparison that he makes that he says that, like... The decision that they made is medical, not... And the, the way Meredith is approaching it, is it, like, vindictive of, like, Christine? Like, it's sure. very... Uh, emotional. Emotional. Because I and do... And personal. I do think if presented to the board, like, they would choose to save a life. Like, yeah. if it wasn't actually going to interfere. I do appreciate a little bit, though, if I can, like, play yeah. devil's advocate yeah. here, <clears throat> that Meredith, like kind of is trying to, like, I don't know, almost, like, humble Christina. Like, it didn't work the first time. And this is a thing that's in a clinical trial. This isn't working yet. And so you are trying a Hail Mary now. Yes. You know. And even Alex says, like, why don't you just do a regular graft? graft? Yeah. And so I do, I agree. I feel like they both have good arguments. I think, I think what I liked is that I think I was relating in that moment to Christina, who's someone who usually handles it. In this situation, she doesn't want to. And someone stand does it for her. Mm-hmm. And that, like, s- someone surprising you and, like, doing something for you so that you don't have to, like, say the thing and do the thing. Yeah. Think of it, like, when Jake calls AT&T for me. Sure. <laughs> I am very turned on yeah. when I don't have to. And so it was just, I think that in that moment, Christina's just, like, Thank you. Like, yeah, I didn't have it in me to yell at her anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I like I don't think she's I right, think Christina but. is like my number one probably of the show. But for some reason in this episode, I feel really defensive of Meredith. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, this is her. This printer wouldn't be here unless Meredith did like the cert- yeah. did the like got the funding. And like she hasn't been able to use it at all. Yeah. And like you guys set up a schedule and you have to follow the schedule and then it didn't work. And then you're and I don't feel like Meredith was necessarily right by, like, using attacking words towards Christina. But I just... Something rubbed me the wrong way about how Shane responded to Meredith. Also because Meredith isn't attending as well. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I I agree. The only thing that I... I wouldn't say it's not even a disagree. The thing I just, like, I liked from Christina's perspective, like, how that made her feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was not... I. It's just... It was a fucked up situation. Yeah. Um, but then she kisses him. I know, and I don't like that either. Like, I don't like the two of them together. I think it's just due to that conversation that happened with Alex and that she literally needs a sexual release. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just think she is to the point where, like... Well, and he's really, like, passionate about cardio with her. Right. And, like, think about how much her and Owen had sex. Yeah. At, at least every day. The weirdest If sex. not multiple times, and it was intense. Yeah. So, like, she is lacking. And she doesn't even have any, like friends right now. Right. She's And so I think it was just like a, you stood up for me. I'm also horny. You, I, I feel like, like, like Shane is like a good looking dude. And oh, like, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I feel like it was just like a purely like, all right. Like, yeah. She, Alex told her to get a human sex toy. Yeah. So there you have it. And then at the end, just to kind of round oh, out yeah, that I story. This. And this kind of like wraps up 
like wraps in and we'll talk about the Thanksgiving thing, but it's kind of going back and forth. Should Christina be invited or not? And then they're all kind of standing around and it's Derek, Owen and Meredith. And then Christina walks in and they're at like a nurse's station or a doctor's mm-hmm. station or something. Derek and Owen end up walking away and Meredith's on the computer. Christina's on the iPad. And you think they're going to say something and Christine or Meredith just gets up and walks away. Mm-hmm. And leaves Christina there alone. I like that Derek's talking to Meredith and he says, is she mean or is she... And she's like, is she what? And he's like, never mind. Like, was he going to say right? Yeah. And so... Because she had said to Derek, like, why did I choose a mean best friend? Right. It's fun when she's mean to other people, not when she's mean to me. And then Derek's like, is she mean or is she... And then she's like, what? Yeah. So, um... Anyways. I think that's coming to a head, too. It has to be. We need at least half a season of them being friends. Yeah. Um, I literally do not remember how it comes, like, no, how they, either. like, resolve this. Is it because she gets um, a Harper, or, like, she gets a nominated for a Harper Avery? Who does? Christina does. Oh. It could be. She doesn't win it. Right. Meredith Spoiler. Um, this one's fast. I can sum it up. <laughs> okay. Weber wants to leave the hospital. He's unhappy being trapped there. Everyone is just treating him like a patient. He wants to go back to life. My favorite is he says, I'm a different man than I was last week. I exercise. So Chief is grumpy. His stress test is bad. And then he gets them to do another one. And he says, you watch flying colors. And Mayor invites him to Thanksgiving dinner. Chief is concerned about mushrooms in the stuffing because it makes it soggy. And then he does a stress test and Joe won't make it go harder so he keeps pressing the button and Joe doesn't stop it. And he has an ultimate fall on the treadmill, which is my worst Smashes nightmare. Smashes his head. Smashes his head, screams in pain, realizes he's not better yet. And then all of the new, well, I guess the residents now end up staying in. They're going to stay in with him on Thanksgiving and order fried chicken. And he's happy once they have biscuits and gravy. Yeah. My notes are, okay, Richard fell on the treadmill and smashed his head, dot, 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 great. And then Richard broke his rib, dot, 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 great. <laughs> I was like, oh, great, here we go. Because he really wanted to leave. I also really love his interaction with the residents. Yeah, it was great in these ones. Yeah. Weird that, I guess Catherine's not a permanent member of the show yet. Right now, yeah. Because it doesn't make sense that she's not there. Yeah, especially over a holiday and stuff. Especially over the last episode when she was like, I will take over his care. Like, yeah. Like, she was like, so concerned. She? Yeah, so yeah. probably just doing Debbie Allen things. Probably. Okay. Probably negotiating her contract. Yeah. Which I love. Um, okay. You want me to sum up the next one? Sure. Go for it. Okay. So this is April's wedding. So she weirdly, like, <laughs> shows up with Steph and it's like, invites her to her wedding and makes, like, a big point about how she has a plus one. Yes. And so then Steph is kind of talking to different residents. Like, did you get invited? Did you get invited? Joe didn't. But she's like, I don't know. But I'm like, I'm probably Krev's plus one or whatever. And so then Steph is, like, really concerned that, like, Avery, that Jackson is getting invited with a plus one. And Steph is also invited with a plus one. So, like, April must not think that they're serious, whatever. And so it all comes to this head where, like, Jackson ends up talking to April about it and saying, like, okay, like, we we both know, like, I'm getting an invite and she's getting an invite. Like, you know we're really serious. Mm-hmm. Like, Why would you do that? Yeah. And April ends up saying, like, I meant to talk to you about this, but actually you're not getting invited. Um, But I'm inviting Steph and she has a plus one so you can come with her. And he's like, why am I not invited? It's because Avery is at the top of the guest list. And every time Matthew and April look at it, they see his name. And what I found interesting 
is that she ends up saying to him, I can't go through with this um, mm. if I don't have your blessing. And I was like, but why? Like, yeah. why do you need Jackson's blessing? Well, and then before that, or he says, if my name is a problem, then why should I be there? Mm-hmm. And then he also says, you have my blessing. Or Jackson says she has his blessing, but that he shouldn't be there. Like, he's yeah. like, I shouldn't be go. You have my blessing, but I shouldn't be there. Yeah, but, like, if you're so concerned, like, if I can't even be at the top of the guest then list I because shouldn't. of my name, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And then he, like, kisses Steph and, like, is lovey on her. And, like, yeah, which I kind of just wrote a little thing. I said, Jackson tells Stephanie that they don't have to go to April's wedding. Um, and Steph brings up, we'll talk about the throuple, but she's like, that's what it looks like when people are over each other. Um, and Jackson says it's still awkward between him and, him and April and that it always will be. And I just said, and he also says, but that it's over. And he says, I need you to believe that it's over. And I said, do you think that Jackson needs to believe her to believe that it's over so that he can believe it's over. Interesting. Like, I feel like he's, like, convincing her, like, I need you to be on, to believe that it's over. When I just know he's going to go and fucking... Run away. Yeah. And break Steph's heart. Like, I think and he... And embarrass the shit out of her. I think he is still, like, obviously has feelings for her and needs Steph to not think that because it's making it worse. Yeah. Like, she needs him... He needs her to be all in. Yeah. So... Yeah. I think that's a good point. But, I mean, the way he presents it to her, too, doesn't really give her a chance. It's almost like gaslighting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, it's like, it's it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And if you're making it a big deal, you're crazy. What what are you seeing here? Right. And Actually, he's, like, straight up gaslighting her. Yeah, and when he's like, we don't have to go anymore. And I'd be like, no, fuck, we're going. Like, I would be so, I would be really upset about that. Yeah. She should get to go. It's someone she works with. Apparently, they're over each other. Like, why wouldn't you go? The rest of the staff will be there. Yeah. So... Um, so then, okay, the last little topic is Emma and Thanksgiving. Emma brought muffins. They're apparently very good. Meredith is eating them. Meredith is eating them. It turns, she invites Owen and Emma over for Thanksgiving, which I also think, well, I guess she's pissed at Christina. She's pissed at Christina. Right, because that seems super obvious. And then I think out of the, so Emma ends up having to, people keep inviting other people and there's plus ones and it ends up being like 16 people. There's two things I loved of the storyline. One is I love Karev and Joe. Mm-hmm. Karev saying that he's invited. Joe is a plus one. And J- Karev says to her, why don't we get takeout chicken and eat it in the car like we were raised to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, which I just love that. And then again at the end, when they decide they don't want to go, or Joe doesn't want to go she's going to stay with her friends, he says, meet me after. And she's like, booty call. And then... Um, why did I have? Oh, Chief says the bucket lacks dignity when they're talking about fried chicken. I just love that, like, Alex and Joe are comfortable in their, like, fun. Well, yeah, and that, like, they decide, like, no, you go with your friends, I'll go with mine, and we'll meet up after. Yeah. Booty call each it's other. It's so cute that they called a booty call. When yeah. you're, like, in a relationship and you called a booty call, I think that's fun. Yeah. And also, like, Emma was supposed to cook for four people, and she's like, now I'm cooking for 16 people. Probably be 30 by the end or whatever. <laughs> right. And I love that. And she- Owen asked her if he. They can invite Christina. And she says that's okay because she's like, if you say you're over. Then I'll trust that. Yep. I I feel like in a different time warp, I would like Owen and Emma. Yeah. They're a little vanilla, like very boring and like whatever. But I also think it's like, I don't know. It's good right now, but he like is supportive of her. And yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how that ends. Yeah. I don't remember. So. I don't have any stray notes. I don't think I do either, other than Baby Bailey is very cute. Oh, super cute. Which I mean, I course. have some stuff about that one couple, but that will be in the post-op, so. Yep. 
Um, whoa, I lost all my notes. Should we do notes and trivia? Yeah, let's do, let's just alternate because there's a lot. Okay. Um, I feel like we don't have to read the titles of the episodes later down when it lists all the ones of the throwbacks. We can just say the scenes. Do you see the words in bold? Sure. I mean, maybe we, I guess it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just feel we'll like there's a lot of words. Um, okay, this episode's title originated from the song Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word, originally sung by Ellen John. The episode scored 8.56 million viewers. This episode is Cali-centric. As <laughs> such, she appears in every scene except one, the one where Arizona tells Leah to get dressed and leave the room. At the baby shower at Meredith and Derek's house, Arizona is looking for the onesie decorating station, eager to start working on the design she had in mind. However, at her own baby shower, she didn't seem enthusiastic about a onesie decorating station at all. At the beginning of the episode, we see a lot of flashbacks to previous episodes. We can just read it. Everybody's crying mercy. Callie meeting and leaving Arizona at the therapist's office. You read two in a row. Well, I thought that was like part of one. Sorry. Seal our fate. Callie walking out after revealing to the board members that Arizona cheated on her and Callie walking out of the room after the huge fight with Arizona. I want you with me. Arizona talking to Sophia on the deck at Marin Dare's house. Perfect storm. Callie and Arizona fighting after Callie found out that Arizona cheated and Callie noticing Arizona ring, Arizona's ring pinned on the scrub top Lauren is wearing. Idle hands, Arizona looking flattered as Callie is bragging to their colleagues about Arizona's ass now that she's wearing her new prosthetic. Can't fight this feeling, Arizona stripping down to calm down a nervous Callie who's practicing her speech for the TED conference. Things we said today, Callie and Arizona leave to go to the room Arizona booked them. Run, baby, run, Arizona putting on her flat shoes for Bailey's wedding. Uh, I saw her standing there, Arizona allowing Callie to sit down on the sofa next to her to watch the American Bake Off together. Love the one you're with, Callie putting Arizona in the shower after she peed on the bathroom floor. Remember the time, Arizona making Callie promise not to cut off the leg. And going, going, gone, Arizona asking how she can snap out of it when Callie Mm -hmm. cut off her leg and Callie crying in a supplies closet. They've been through a lot. Jesus. Goof. Lots of goofs. During the initial consultation scene with Callie and Travis, the timeline of the scene occurs four months ago, taking place prior to readiness is all, but Shane, Stephanie, and Leah are shown to have embroidered lab coats which were issued in Map of You. Huh. Goof. Christina tells Callie that Travis Reed was her first solo valve replacement. As a second-year resident, this is not correct, as Christina's first solo cardiothoracic surgery, which was a valve replacement, was on Ruthie Carlin, and it occurred in Blink during her third year, supervised by Dr. Altman. Interesting. I miss Teddy. I do, too. Goof. In the scene where Callie hears Travis's murmur for the first time, she puts her stethoscope on backward into her ears. (laughs) Goof. Prior to Callie's dad coming to her apartment, we see her take off her ring while she is drinking wine. Later, when she is discussing Arizona and her splitting up, we can see the ring on her finger, though she never put well, it back Travis on. Well, wasn't on, on camera. I feel like she put I it saw, on for I saw, I watched her kind of put it yeah. on. This episode's title originated from the song Somebody That I Used to Know, originally sung by Gautier. This episode scored 8.61 million viewers. This episode, this is the last episode to be written by Deborah Kahn, who has been part of the writers since season three. Phew. Catherine you, Fox Award. You didn't write one yet, did yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Oh, are you the last one? Yeah. That's a good one. Okay, do yours. Um, so I said Ben um, for trying to get Bailey that the help that she needs. Even though it was, like, not on purpose. Yeah, but, like, he was recognizing what was going on with Bailey and trying to find yes. a way to encourage her to get help. I was thinking of MVP or, like, this as, like, someone who had balls this episode. So I put Shane. Nice. Because he stood up to Meredith and offered to take care of Christina's yayas, which would take a lot of balls. It, yeah, definitely. Just to straight up in that serious face. But I think we should give it to Ben. Okay. Um, 
rating it? So I gave it seven out of 10 scalpels. Um, I like the Kelly storyline. Um, I don't like that Mary and Christina are fighting, but I can tell that it's moving some storylines along yep. and that the Bailey thing is coming to a head. Same. I mostly based it, I really liked the Callie episode. I kind of, it's hard for me when there's a million things going on. Maybe just because I'm thinking about podcasting it. Yeah. But it was nice to like get a deep dive on them. And I like flashbacks. Yes. So. I feel pretty good about that. Yep. Awesome. Um, If you are a patron and you're listening on Patreon and you are a $10, make sure you stick around after the break. We will have our postdoc. We're going to talk about the thruple. If not, you can always pledge to be one and find that episode on patreon.com. Do you want to call time of death? Sure. Time of death is 21 